12, starting at verse number 21, it says, And the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, what is that proverb that ye have in the land of Israel, saying, The days are prolonged, and every vision fell it. This is God talking to Ezekiel. He says, Tell them therefore, thus said the Lord God, I will make this proverb to cease, and they shall no more use it as a proverb in Israel. But say unto them, the days are at hand, and the effect of every vision. There shall be no more any vain vision, nor flattering divination within the house of Israel. For I am the Lord, I will speak, and the word that I shall speak shall come to pass, and it shall be no more prolonged. For in your days, O rebellious house, will I say the word, and will perform it, said the Lord God. Again, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, behold, they of the house of Israel say, The vision that he seeth is for many days to come, and he prophesieth of the times that are far off. Therefore, I say unto them, Now, this is God coming back a third time, instructing him on what to say to the people. Thus said the Lord God, <clears throat> There shall none of my words be prolonged anymore, but the word which I have spoken shall be done, said the Lord God. And so today is lesson number six, and we've been teaching from this subject of the fear of unfulfilled vision, the fear of unfulfilled vision. And, and what I've been intending to do through this teaching is rid you of the fear that the visions that are in your heart, your heart's desires, ambitions and dreams that you may have ridding you from the fear and even God's word that even God's word will not come to pass in your life because that is exactly what the children of Israel the people of God are experiencing in this text they are having what I call the fear of unfulfilled vision they feared that God's word will not come to pass they feared that visions that had been declared those things are not going to come to pass. So they had a fear of unfulfilled vision. So the objective for this series is to equip you in faith and wisdom and get you focused in fulfilling your dreams and manifesting the visions of your heart. Well, we said that in order to live a life or keep from living a life of lesser existence, and we've established that a life of lesser existence is a life where you do what someone has placed in your hands to do or you do what someone has talked into your head to do but you never do what God has put in your heart to do that is a life of lesser existence where in order to keep from living that kind of life then we must overcome these five major obstacles of unfulfilled vision and that's what we've been looking at and today we're going to start looking at number five. Number one, we said, is becoming restricted by fear rather than releasing your faith for the dream or the vision that God has given you. Becoming restricted by fear. Fear paralyzes, whereas faith propels. Fear will cause you to be trapped, but faith will push you towards your destiny, to pull you into your destiny. So don't become paralyzed by fear or restricted by fear. You should be releasing your faith for the dream or the vision that God has given you. Number two is not developing your gift to help facilitate 
the dream or the vision that God has given you. Not developing your gift. It's important to develop the gift, stir that gift up on the inside of you and develop that gift so it can help you facilitate your vision or your dream. Number three is not understanding the nature of vision. Not understanding the nature of vision. And we know that the nature of vision is specific, that you have to be specific about what it is that you believe God's placed in your heart. And then number four is not recognizing the cost of vision. And the cost of vision is this one word, diligence. Say diligence. diligence. Say it again. And so today, we want to pick up with obstacle number five. And we're going to be, <clears throat> we're going to be on obstacle number five at least for the next several weeks. Obstacle number five is not knowing or understanding the principles of vision. Not knowing or understanding the principles of vision. That the scripture is clear that we are destroyed for what? Lack of knowledge. So it's important then that I know something. Always remember this, that your greatest enemy is always going to be ignorance. Ignorance is your greatest, your greatest enemy. Now, so it's important that we understand and that we know the principles of vision. And <clears throat> principles are are designed to produce in our lives. Principles teach you and I to live lives of stability when we live life based on principles. When you live a principle-driven life, you can always be comfortable in the decisions and the choices that you make when you make decisions based on principle. To make decisions based on emotion then when the emotion change, the decision, is, it must change as well. Or uh, there's always regret with a particular decision when you make it based on emotion, especially when it comes to uh, raising your children, developing and training your children. It's important to develop and train them based on principle. If you train them based on principle, that it doesn't matter what's going on, it doesn't matter what's happening, you can always remain the same because principles never change. But when you raise your children, train and develop them based on emotion, then they, they live a life like this because emotions always change. And so it's important that we make decisions based on, based on principle. Everybody say principles. And so the first, well, let's go to Joshua chapter number one first. Joshua chapter number one and verse number one. This, 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 this part of the teaching is really going to, to bless you. Joshua chapter number one. <clears throat> and starting at verse number one. And we'll see here where God is speaking to Joshua. And this is after Moses has passed away. Moses has died. Look what he says in verse number one. Now, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto who? Joshua. Who is God talking to? Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying... So God is getting ready to say something to Joshua, right? Now, in verse 2, he, he starts talking. Verse 3, he's still saying something to him. Verse 4, I want to pick up at verse 5 because I think verse 5 is, is more relevant and applicable to what we want to talk about uh, today. He says here 
There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. Now watch, he gives, he gives Joshua a reference, and he says to him, as I was with Moses, so shall I be with thee. Now that would be irrelevant and immaterial if, if, if Joshua never saw how God was with Moses. Right? But he, he lets him know, all right, Moses is dead. I'm raising you up as the new leader. And I want you to know now, it's a, it's a, it's a major task. It's a major undertaking. But just like I was with Moses, I'm going to be with you. He goes on to say, he says, I will not fail thee nor forsake thee, just like I was with Moses. He says in verse 6, be strong and of a good courage. For unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land, which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest, watch this now, observe to do according to all the law. Observe to do according, he's talking to who? Joshua. And he says to him, observe to do. I want you to be strong. I want you to be courageous. But I want you to observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest what? Prosper whithersoever thou goest. Now, he just said to him that if you would observe to do according to all the law. Now, when he talks about the law here, in particular in Joshua chapter 1, when he talks about the law, he's talking about the books of Moses. He's talking about the, the, the Pentateuch, the five books of law. So he's saying if you keep those laws, if you keep what's written, if you keep the statutes, if you keep the, uh, the precepts, if you keep the principles, if you take heed to the instruction that's been given to you in the Word of God, you will prosper Joshua, wherever you go. That Joshua, I am, I am giving you something that will always work and always bring you to a place of prosperity and success if you observe to keep it. If you, if you do it. You just can't know it. You just can't have it. You have to apply it. And if you apply it, you will prosper Wherever you go. Get a hold of that now. He said, well, well, wherever you go, what, whatever department you're in, wherever you work, wherever you live, you will prosper. Why? Because principles work anywhere. All right? Now, he goes on to say in, in verse number 8, this book of the law. Now, he gets back to this word. He gets back to these principles, he says, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein. Therein what? In that law. You shall meditate therein, how often? Day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein, therein that law, or therein that book, for then thou shalt do what? 
make thy way prosperous, and thou shalt have what? Good success. Now, he says, I want you to keep this law. I want you to meditate in this law. I want you to do this law. And if you will, you will make your way prosperous. You don't have to sit back and wait on me, God, to make your way prosperous. You will make your way prosperous. And you don't have to wait on me to give you success. You will have good success. If you would make a commitment. Now, what he's trying to get him to do is make principles a practice. All right? Now, he says if you make principles a practice, you will make your way prosperous, Joshua, and you will have good success. Now, watch verse number 9. He says, Have not I commanded thee, be strong and of a good courage, be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. Watch this last part. For the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. Now, folks, what good is it? What good is it that God is with you, but you won't keep, you won't do, you won't meditate the word? Because God is with us because the word says he's with us. But there ought to be some evidence that God is with you. We ought to be able to say, I know God is with them because look at what they're doing. I know God is with her because look at what she's doing. I know God is with them because look at where they were and look at where they are now. So I know God is with them. Folks, there ought to be some signs following that, that you shouldn't have to tell everybody that God is with you. Everybody should be telling everybody else that God is with you. But, but we'll never know that God is with you if you are not applying principles in your life. Why? Because principles teach you and I how to deal wisely in life. Principles make you look smart. Because when you apply principles, success is the end result. See, gravity, gravity is a law and it works for all of us the same way. It doesn't matter how much money you have. It doesn't matter where you live. It doesn't matter what you drive. It doesn't matter what your education may be. It doesn't matter, you know, what ethnicity you may be. Ra gravity works for all of us the same way. Why? It is a principle. It is a law. And when you apply laws for success, when you apply laws and principles for prosperity, then it becomes a given for you. All right? Laws are precepts, they are instructions, they are statutes, they are principles, and they must become a practice for you. Amen? Now, let's look at Psalms verse 1. Psalms 1, verse number 1. I want to I really get this in your heart and get it in your spirit, the importance of living your life by principles. Living your life by principles. Not living your life by your emotions, not living your life by your tradition, not living your life just solely based upon your culture, but living your life based upon the principles of the Word of God and principles of life. There are some principles that would just cause you to succeed. And anybody who's successful understand that. All right, now watch this. 
Verse 1, he says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Watch this. But his delight is in the what? That is, again, is in the law of the Lord. His delight is in that law. He's going back to this law of the Lord. And in his law doeth he what? Meditate. Now, now what is the importance of meditating? Because what meditation does, meditation puts a different image on the inside of you. That it doesn't matter what you see on the outside of you. You're not walking by what you see outside. You're walking by what's been created on the inside. See, the picture on the outside is the picture that life has dealt you, but the picture on the inside is the one that you created about life that comes from your meditating in the Word of God. So it doesn't matter what I see out here. I see something different on the inside of me. And where did that image come from? It came from me meditating in the Word of God. I see myself different. I see myself, I see myself living a certain way, driving a certain thing, living a certain way, and being a different person because of this image that I have on the inside of me. So what this image does on the inside of me, it affords me the opportunity to escape what I'm dealing with out here and get on the inside of me and see a different image so I can come back and deal with what's on the outside of me with a whole different mindset. That's why we don't look at the things that are seen, but at the things that are not seen because the things that are seen, they are temporal and subject to change if you can get something different that you see on the inside of you. Glory be to God. Amen? So he says, I need you to meditate in this thing. I need you to get this thing on the inside of you. Day and night, day and night, Watch this. He's going to be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. He'll bring fruit in, for fruit in his season. His leaf won't die. Watch this. Whatever he doeth. Whatever he doeth. Who is this? This man that's meditating. This man that's made the word of God his delight. This man that's applying the principle. Whatever he doeth shall prosper. I have just taken away from you your excuse for not prospering. Well, I'm black. If a black man don't stand in the way of sinners, don't sit in the seat of the scornful, he don't, he don't, he don't, he, he do what the Bible tells him to do. If he make the word of God his delight, if he meditate in the word of God both day and night, he'll be like a tree. A black man will be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. A black man will bring forth fruit in his season. His leaf will not wither. And whatever that black man does will prosper. Well, I don't have a daddy. If a man with no daddy wouldn't sit in the seat of the scornful, don't stand in the way of sinners, if he would just make the word of God his delight, if he would just do what the word said, a man with no daddy will prosper in whatever he does. Laws are not prejudice, and they are not subject to conditions. They work anywhere. And they work for anybody. All right? They'll bring you from poverty to prosperity. They'll bring you from sickness and disease to health. They'll bring you to lack and slack to a place of abundance. 
Hallelujah. Amen. All right, let's look at another and go to Jeremiah chapter 17. Well, I'm single. Well, I'm talking to you then. See, stop making excuses. You got more excuses than them trying to put a man in the back of the police car. <laughs> Jeremiah chapter 17. Watch this now. It's all it's moving for. I've seen about five people get up. What y'all getting up for? Jeremiah 17. Jeremiah 17, verse number 7. He says, blessed is the man that what? Now, now that's a principle. That's a principle. The principle of trusting God is God's plan to bless us for our dependence upon him. That's a principle. That if you trust God, you will be blessed. Got it? If you trust God, you will be blessed. He said, blessed is the man that trusted in the Lord and whose hope the Lord is. Hope is earnest expectation that my trust is in God and my expectation is from him, right? My trust is in God and my expectation is from him. So now I will always be blessed for my dependence upon God. Why? Because I trust in God. And if I trust in God and I make God my expectation, I'm not looking for the job to be my expectation. My job, the job is not my expectation. My expectation is from him. I'll always be blessed whether the job keep me or let me go. I'll always be blessed. Why? Because my expectation was never from the job anyway. God is the God that supplies every need that I have. Not the job. So whether people keep me in their life or they put me out of their life, God's still going to fulfill his plan for my life. Why? Because my expectation was never from them. My expectation is from God. And God will raise up the folk that I need in my life. Are you listening to me? So now my trust is in him and my expectation is from him. Now watch what he says about this man. He shall be like a tree. There he is again. He's planted by the waters. And that spread it out her roots by the river. He says, and shall not see when the heat comes. Does the heat come? Okay, don't nobody else get up and walk out. What is it? Oh. But ain't that many kids, uh, that many parents. But <laughs> y'all throwing me off with all this moving. Okay. He says that <laughs> he'll be like a tree planted by the waters and that spreadeth out her roots by the river and shall not see when the heat cometh. Now, heat will come, but the man who's trusting in God, you'd have to let him know it's a recession. Why? Because he didn't even see it when it came. I didn't even know things were tight. Somebody should have let me know. I didn't know things were tight. 
Why is that? Because he's trusting in God and God is the same yesterday, today and forevermore. And the way God takes care of you last year, he'll take care of you the same way this year. That God doesn't slack up because things get tight. Why? Because my trust is in God. This is a principle-driven man. Her leaf shall be green. That's prosperity. That's life. And shall not be careful, shall not worry, or be anxious in the year of drought. Even when things slow down, he ain't worried. Why? Because God is my trust. You don't hear what I'm saying. Blessed is the man that maketh God his trust. And you got to make God your trust because God is not automatically your trust. You got to make him your trust. When everything else is telling you to trust it, you got to make a decision to make God your trust. And blessed is the man that make God his trust. Shout, God is my trust. And the Bible said, neither shall cease from yielding fruit. I'll always be productive. Now watch this. When you live by principle, you'll always be productive. You'll always be productive when you live by principle. All right? Now, a law is an established principle, and it works for anyone who applies it without prejudice. It's an established principle, works for anyone who applies it without prejudice. So the principles that I'm going to be sharing with you are principles that are designed to protect, say protect, protect. say preserve, preserve, say produce, produce. say protect, protect. Preserve, preserve, and produce. And produce. They're going to protect, uh, uh, preserve, and produce the fulfillment of your dream, your vision, or your desire. All right? Number one. Principle number one. Being clear in your vision. Being clear in your vision. Are you clear in your vision? Are you clear in your dream? Clear. Regarding that ambition, clear uh, regarding or concerning that heart's desire. Is it clear? Because if it's not clear to you, it's not clear to those around you. you Got to get this thing clear. Clarity drives and motivates your actions. Clarity drives and motivates your actions because wherever there is clarity, there is acceleration. You're riding down the expressway and the fog is there. What do you do? Slow down. Why? Because the vision's not clear. But then when the, when the, when the fog lifts, you do what? Accelerate. Why? Because now there is clarity. And so whenever there is clarity, there is acceleration toward your known goal. And could it be that many of us, we've been moving so slow along in life, in our marriage, in our business, in our career, because we've not gotten clarity yet. Got to get clear. Without clarity, there is nothing to aim at. 
and those who aim at nothing hit it every time. Now, let's look at Jesus. Uh, go to Luke chapter 2, who's a great example of clarity. Clarity gives rise to a sense of focus and attention in your life. You, you can't, you can't, you can't, you know, if you, if, if you are a photographer, you don't take the picture until there's what? Clarity. Until yeah, yeah. there, there, there's clarity. Now to get clarity, you got to what? Focus. You got you to you gotta, you gotta focus. You got you to make adjustment to get some clarity. And, and, and we got to, and see, a lot of people, they can't, you know, you, you, you don't know what your future look like because you ain't got no clarity yet. You ain't, you hadn't focused. You want somebody else to focus it for you. Because once you're clear on what you want, you snap the picture. It's on the inside of me now. And now some folk, you need to have them to move out the way. I see what I want, but, but so-and-so in the way. Y'all ain't hearing what I'm saying. Tell them to move. Tell them, tell them to move. Tell, tell them to move. You've been standing there too long. Move. You in my way. I'm trying to snap that house, but you in the way. Trying to snap my, my future, but certain folk are in the way. I see them clear, then I see the house. Now watch this in Luke chapter 2 and verse 49. This is so good. Now watch verse 49. This is Jesus now. And he said unto them, how is it that ye sought me? Now this is when, when Jesus' parents was looking for him. They thought he was lost. You know, he wasn't lost. According to himself, he wasn't lost. He was lost from their perspective. Now watch this. He said unto them, how is it that ye sought me? Wish ye not, wish ye not that I must be about my father's business? And they understood not the saying which he spake unto them. What is he talking about? Now, now get a hold of this now. Look in the Amplified, and he said to them, how is it that ye had to look for me? Did ye not see and know that it is necessary as a duty? I, I had to do this as a duty for me to be in my father's house, watch this, and occupy about with my father's business. Now, why is he in the father's house? Because he's occupied with his father's business that if he was occupied with fishing, he'd have been at the lake. But he wasn't at the lake because he wasn't occupied with fishing. He was occupied with the business of the father. So because he's occupied with the business of the father, where is he? At the father's house. See, when you're clear on what you're supposed to be doing, you start occupying yourself with that. Now, what have you occupied yourself with? 
He said, why are you looking for me? Now look, you got to understand, they've been looking for him for three days. Right. That's right, Pastor. He ain't lost. Yeah. If, we can, if we can put our hand on his occupation, we can find him. Yeah. 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 Amen. He said, I am occupied with my father's business. Therefore, he was in his father's house. Amen. See, when you're occupied with a thing, folk don't understand why you give it so much attention. Yeah. Look at Luke chapter, Luke chapter 4, Luke chapter 4 and, and verse 16. Just turn right and, and, and look at verse number 16. Watch this now. Verse 16 and he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And as his, what? Custom, Custom was. Where did he go? Back in the house again. Yeah. That was his custom. What's another word for custom? Practice, habit, tradition. That we know we can find him based on what he believes he's called to do. He's always preoccupied with the father's house because all he has on his mind is the business of the father. And so he said, y'all looking for me at these places that are non-essentials for my life. Don't you know? That's what he said. Don't you know that I must be about my father's bit, that's all I've been talking about. That's all y'all been hearing me talk about. I ain't been talking stuff that has nothing to do with what I'm called to do. Yeah. All I talk about is my father's business. So wouldn't it, just, wouldn't it just be natural for me to be in my father's house since I'm concerned about my father's business? Just like some things ought to be natural for you if you're really concerned about those things. If you're really concerned about your marriage, it's just natural to go home. You ought to be, if you're really concerned about your marriage, you ought to be occupied with your wife and occupied with your husband if you're really concerned about the business of your marriage. Yeah. Are you listening to me? All right, now watch this now. Let's look at, let, let, me, let me make some statements to you. When you are clear in your vision, you lessen the temptation of being distracted by non-essentials. Non-essentials. When you're clear in your vision, now you're always going to have temptation, but those temptations doesn't have the strength to pull you away from what you focus on because distraction is nothing more than broken focus. Got it? Now, see, see, for, for, for what I am consumed with and what I am occupied with, weed is a non-essential for me. I don't know weed. I don't care where it come from. I don't care what kind it is. The best weed, now, and it ain't got nothing to do with how it tastes and how it make you feel. Now, some of you don't even know what I'm talking about. Don't even, don't even worry. But that's some folk in here know what I'm talking about when I talk about that good stuff. Yeah, yeah. Come on, can I get a witness here? You know what it is. Hit, ooh, my goodness. Ooh. I'm talking about that good stuff, man. 
That stuff make you run and ain't nobody after you. Make you laugh and ain't nothing funny. But now, now, now watch this now. Because when I talk about non-essentials, because too many of you, you waste too much of your time and life with non-essentials. Non-essentials are things that have little to no importance for your life. It could be people. It could be a place. It could be a thing. It could be an activity or even conversations. And you waste your time and your life with non-essentials. Wasting your life away with people that have nothing at all to do with your life. I'm not saying they're not important. I'm not saying they're not valuable. I'm not saying they're not significant. I'm saying for you, they are non-essentials. See, not not just them. You could be a non-essential in somebody's life. You trying to hold on to folk that been trying to get rid of you. Because you are a non-essential, but you think you need them to exist and feel good about yourself. And God been trying to pull you away and other things have been happening to pull you away, but you trying to hold on to them because you need them to survive. They don't need you to survive. You are non-essential. And you got to learn not to waste your life experimenting with non-essentials. See, when you don't know what you're supposed to be doing and what you want out of life, if you're not clear, you're going to waste your life away with non-essentials, experimenting in life. And God didn't call you to experiment life. He called you to enjoy life. Amen. 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 The... uh, they have a switch that will operate the backlights. They got a switch that operate these lights. They got all these different switches in here. If I don't know which light I want out, I will waste time back there hitting switches. Now I have wasted time experimenting. Whereas if I know which light I want out, and which switch or principle operates that light. I can go right to it, bam, and cut it off without wasting time. And how many of us, because we don't know what we want out of life, we have wasted our time experimenting. That's our homosexuality coming to the plate and lesbianism coming to the plate because we don't know what we want, so we experiment, and if that's not what we think we want, then we start trying other stuff, and then the devil starts manipulating us, and we get moved by a feeling that ain't even real. Now, let's go to John chapter 4. Hurry. John chapter 4. This is Jesus now. John chapter 4. What do you want out of life? What, what, what are you clear about? You got, you got to get clear. 
You got to get clarity. Plane can't take off till we got clarity. They'll ground the plane if there's not clarity. But at some point, we got to have liftoff. And watch this now. This is Jesus. We've heard this scripture before. And this is Jesus. He's getting ready to go to Galilee. And, and he's leaving Judea. And one of the things the scripture is clear on is that what the Pharisees are attempting to do is create rivalry and competition between Jesus and John the Baptist. About kind of like the people when they created the rivalry between uh, David and Saul. When they said, Saul has killed his thousand, but David, his tens of thousands. And that upset it, Saul. So now they're trying to say, well, you know, Jesus, he baptized more than, than John the Baptist. And John, he's the baptizer, but he didn't baptize more than Jesus. And so Jesus, he's up on what's happening. They got to be careful about people trying to create competition and rivalry between you and others. Because success is not me doing better than somebody else. Success is me doing everything God put in my heart to do. See, I'm not successful if I've done something big, but that ain't all God told me to do. You ain't successful yet until you've done everything God told you to do. It's real easy for me to look at this building and look at some other uh, church down the street and say, well, you know, I'm successful. Look at what I've done. This ain't all God told me to do. I'm not successful yet. I'm on my way. I'm, I'm, success is a journey. Success ain't no event. It is a journey. It's you going somewhere. You can't measure your success by your neighbor. Just because your house is bigger than your cousin don't mean you're more successful than that. So watch this now. He left Judea and departed again into Galilee. Watch verse 4. You're at John 4, chapter 3. I mean, chapter 4, verse 3. He left what? Judea and departed again into what? Galilee. And he must needs go through Samaria. Yes, sir. That he's in Judea. He wants to go. He's clear on where he wants to go. Where does he want to go? Galilee. But in order to get to Galilee, he has to go through Samaria. My goodness. Look, look at the Amplifier. It, it says, he left Judea and returned to Galilee. It was necessary for him to go through Samaria. Now he's, he's in Judea. He wants to go to Galilee, but based on where you are and based on where Galilee is, you don't have any options. You ain't got no choice. You got to go through Samaria. Now, now, the problem with many of us is that we know where we are, we know where we want to go, but we don't want to go through. We don't want to go through, and Samaria is the hard place because, the, because Samaria is the place where Jesus, as a Jew, is not accepted. Because Jews have no dealing with Samaritans. But if you're going to get to Galilee, you got to go through Samaria. 
And we don't want to, we don't want to go through. We don't want to pay the price. We want to take the scenic route. Right. We want to go around Samaria. We don't want to go through yeah. Samaria. And so you want to be debt free, but you don't want to go through. Yeah. See, debt-free is where you want to go. Right now, you're in debt. You're in bondage. You want to be debt-free, but you don't want to go through not spending. You don't want to go through having to save. You don't want to go through Financial Peace University. You don't want to go through the credit seminar. See, you don't want to go through that. You just want to end up in Galilee. See, folks, listen, away with the spiritual mumbo and all the breakthroughs. You don't need another breakthrough. You just need to go through. You just, you, just, you just need to go through. That's what you need to do. Because the way has already been prepared. Now it's time for you to get up and step through and just go through so you can go where you want to go. You don't want to go through. I don't want to do that. I want a good marriage. But you don't want to go through. You just want a good marriage. But you got to go through. You don't want to go through having to submit to your husband. You don't want to go through having to love your wife. You don't want to go through counseling. Because you don't want nobody in your business. We already know your business. We know y'all ain't talking. <laughs> we already know y'all ain't talking. We can tell in church when I tell y'all to say something to each other and y'all don't say nothing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> See? You don't want to go. You don't want to go through. You don't want to go through classes and courses and all these different things to get where it is to your Galilee. But you're going to have to go through Samaria. You've got to go through Samaria. Because there's somebody in Samaria that needs your testimony. Because in Samaria is where Jesus met that woman with the, well, who was on that well who was empty, who thought she was fulfilled because she had a lot of men. Yeah. Yeah. But she found out when she read a, met a real man that she was just as empty. Yeah. 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 Right. Amen. Mm. Amen. Amen. And some people will never be fulfilled in life until, until they can draw out of the well of your life. Amen. He had to go through Samaria. And what are, you, what are you avoiding? What are you dodging going through? Amen. You want your own business, but you won't, you won't go through courses. You just want a business. You just want to be illegal with a business. Yeah. Yeah. The state don't even know you're a business. Yeah. And then you want everybody to pay you cash. Yeah. Why? Because our uncle don't know you got a business. <laughs> so you got to hide. Because you don't want to go through Samaria. But Jesus, if you're going to go to Galilee, you're going to have to go through Samaria. He said it's necessary. And because of what you're called to, there are some things that are necessary. 
for you. I have a, a lot of my pastor friends, guys that I know who pastor, and success is not measured by what somebody else is doing. But I know where I'm going. And so I know what I got to go through. I can't spend my time on a golf course. There's nothing wrong with the golf course, nothing wrong with it at all. But when you got four members, and you got time to play golf, and I know what golf costs, that'll drain four members. When the church just exists just to take care of your personal budget. See? See, I know what it costs to go where I'm trying to go. And I know it has to cost more. It, you can't convince me this is what it costs us just hanging out chilling. Change, exchanging revelations. I'm not interested. You so deep, you know, okay, anyway, see, it, just, it just don't make sense. See, you, you can't convince me that success don't cost you. That to do what God's put in your heart, it's going to cost you. You want your own practice, but you don't want to go through. You're going to be successful in anything you got to go through. And it doesn't matter how hard it is because even though if I go through the valley of the shadow of death, I don't have to fear because God is still going to be with me. His rod and his staff yeah. is going to comfort me. Yeah. 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 That's right. So just go and go through what you got to go through. Yeah. Yeah. Because it doesn't change. You still got to go through. Yeah. You go through, let five years pass, you still got to go through. I'd rather go through today and pay for it yeah. uh -huh. and have a testimony tomorrow yeah. Yeah. than to keep looking at what I got to go through yeah. and never get up and go through it. Yeah. Folks, you can have whatever you want, but you're going to have to go through Samaria. Mm. Let, 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 let me close. I, I got to stop. Go to Nehemiah chapter 2. This will be our last scripture today. It's about being clear in your vision. Are you clear in your vision? Who knows where you're going? Because you're not going to get the support you need from your wife or from your husband. Nobody knows where you're going. You, hasn't, you haven't made it clear. Amen. Amen? Watch this in Nehemiah chapter 2 and verse number 4. Then the king said unto me, listen to this, For what doest thou make request? For what doest thou make request? Nehemiah wanted to go back to his, to his homeland, his home, his home country, and he wanted to rebuild the walls. The city had been burned. The gates had been burned. 
uh, and, and the place where his fathers had been buried. He wanted to go back and rebuild that. And, and the king asked him, he said, for, for, for what do it you make requests? Look at the Amplified. The Amplified said, the king said to me, for, for what do you ask? Look at the Message Bible. The Message says what? Come on, put it up. The king asks, what do you want? What do you want? That's the question that's on the table today. What do you want? Until you become clear about what you want, nobody knows what to give you. You go to a restaurant. What do you want? How can we help you? How can we serve you? They're there to serve. People are in place to serve you. But you can't decide what you want. You go to the dealership. They want to know what you want. You go look for a house. What do you, what do you want? We have, we have several different floor plans. And we've been sitting here for four hours. What do, you, what, do you, what do you want? I don't know. I was looking. What, what do you want? You go to the hairdresser. You sit down. What you want? What do you want? You've been married now 10 years, 5 years, 15 years, whatever. What do you want? What do you want out of that marriage? What do you want in a wife? What do you want in a husband? What do you want in that relationship with your children? What do you want? Amen. Principle number one is you being clear in what you want. Amen. What do you want financially? Where do you need to be financially? What do you want? What's your number? Amen. What do you want? When do you want to retire? What do you want? What do you want in ministry? Where do you want to be? What church you want to go to? You're just going to hop around from place to place. What do you want? And most people are not clear on what they want. So you know what they do? They experiment. Have you ever went shopping with a, 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 a weird woman? A, a woman? <laughs> And she can't decide what she want. She didn't try it on 10 dresses. And the little lady tired of bringing her dresses. And the little lady is really saying, I wish you make up your mind what you want. Well, I really don't know what I don't know. What you think? You don't want to know what I think. I'm going to have to lie to you just to keep peace in the house. This make me look fat? You know doggone well that dress make you look big. Don't set me up like that. Can't make up her mind what she wants. Can't make up their mind what, the, what they want. Yeah, what do you want? Amen. 
Jesus met a man who had been laying at the pool for 38 years. And he asked him, what do you want? You've been here 38 years in the same condition. You know why? You've not decided what you want yet. He asked the blind man who got healed immediately. He said, what do you want? He said, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said, your faith has made you whole. That's yeah. all. I've just been waiting on you to make up your mind what you want. Yeah. And today is your day to make up your mind. You're going you to work out the rest of your life or you're going to have your own business. What do you want to do? What do you want? Because too many folk are just trying on stuff. Just experimenting. Decide what house you want, put your faith on it, get yourself prepared for it, and go at it. What do you want? What do you want? Because we waste too much time looking over the order. Well, I ain't ready yet. Come back later. I ain't ready yet. Come back later. I ain't ready yet. Come back later. Because we won't make up our mind about what we want. Jesus said, I'm going to Galilee. Okay, Jesus, but you got to go through Samaria. And you know how they feel about you in Samaria. They don't want you there because you're a Jew. Well, but I got to go through to get to Galilee. I'm willing to go through, folks. You don't need everybody to like you. You just need the right folk that God raised up to like you. Today's a day to make up your mind about what you want. You've been living with that woman for six years. Steady giving her babies. And ain't made a commitment yet. So, so you need to ask him, what do you want? What do you want? Dragging folk along in life? Make up your mind. What you, what you want? You want me? What do you, what do you want? Because it don't take that long to get to Dallas. <laughs> At some point, I'm going to realize you ain't really trying to go to Dallas. The children of Israel spent 40 years in the wilderness. And you know what's sad about that? The Bible said where they were at Kedesh Barnea, to where they were going, was an 11-day travel. 11 days. It took them 40 years to do what could have been done in 11 days. Know why? They didn't want to go through. They knew where they wanted to go. They knew where they wanted to go. They wanted to go to the promised land, the milk flowing with milk and honey. They wanted to be blessed in the city, blessed in the country, blessed going in and blessed coming out. Blessed on top going higher. That's what they, they know what they wanted. Too blessed to be stressed. They know what they wanted. See, they had the language. Because the Bible say they flattered God with their lips. They had all the language. But they didn't want to go through that wilderness. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. 
So because they wouldn't go through the wilderness, they got stuck in the yeah. wilderness. That's right. And they died. And some of you, you dying with him. He ain't trying to marry you. Or she ain't trying to marry you, either one. You're just in a wilderness. And some of you are in the wilderness with some people, wilderness with some relationship. There are some people you're trying to do business with. They're non-essentials to you. Some folk trying to get you to finance their dream. Trying to take advantage of you. They are non-essentials. What do you want this morning? What do, you, what do you want? Because God's ready to grant us our request. Because the scripture said, if I abide in him, he'll abide in me. He'll give me whatever I ask. But you got to make up your mind. They can't serve you at the restaurant till you make up your mind. What you want. If you sit there too long, They're going to say, sir, we're we going to need this table. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We're going to need, we got folk waiting who know what they want. Yes, sir. You come back. You got to make up your mind what you want. Got to go through. You won't, you won't help. You, you got this thing in your body. You, you don't even want to go to the doctor. You won't go through. You don't want to go through. I'd just rather not know. Ignorance is what's going to kill you. Don't want to go through. You know where you want to be financially, but you don't want to go through. You don't want to tighten up. You don't want to live on a budget. Folk, folk, budget ain't for broke folks. See, that's your thinking. That's what you're wrong at. I don't need no budget. I got money. Budget ain't for broke folk. Budget is so you can know where your money at. So you can track it, see where it is and, and where it went. Folk with no budget don't know where their money at. You want to lose weight? You got to go through. And we don't want to go through. We want to confess the word and, and rebuke calories. <laughs> I'm going to eat this cake, but I curse every calorie. In the name of Jesus, Shatata, he coming in a Honda. I see him afar. You know, it ain't going to work. It ain't going to work. You got to go through the gym, through the exercise, and buy the kitchen. <laughs> Heads about this morning. Before I